You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 158 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Valerie. How are you going? I'm good. What's happening in the world of Gina? <laughs> What's happening in the world? You know what? I I um I I thought of something this week that yes. would um change the way the world works. And I think it should be a law. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but um, there's been three occasions now last week where I have been standing next to someone who has had, who has just ordered uh, fresh hot chips or French fries, right? Okay. And they're next to you. And I just want one, Val. I just want one. <laughs> I don't want the whole packet. So here's what yes. I'm thinking. Here's what I propose. Mm-hmm. That if you are a person that has just bought a fresh packet of hot chips, chips we call them here in Australia and the UK, yes. I'd say French fries in the States. Yes, I, that's I don't right. know what they're called in Europe, but, you know, hot potato chips. Probably pommes frites or something. Or pommes frites. We'll call them fries. That's probably more a generic they're so beautiful, right. right, hot chips, but I'm not, not the thin fries, fat fries. What do you call fat, what do you call fat chips in the States? Uh, but do they have fat chips? Well, just imagine, folks, there's something better than French fries. It's called fat chips. So And it's they not are. potato wedges. No. No, it's in between a French They're fry like and a potato wedge. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Best thing in the world, but not so good for you. So, not and good. Yeah. no, no, and I don't want to eat the whole. Pa- I just, I just want one, just want one. So, I think that if if you buy a fresh packet of hot chips, and uh-huh. the first person, the first person that comes up to you and says, "Can I have one?" you have to give them one. Okay, but do All you right? really think you can stop at one? Yeah, yeah. So that that's the law. It's the one rule. I've already got okay. a name for it, okay? Right. It's the one rule. So there, and then there has to be a code word that if you're the second person and you didn't realize that that person has already given away one, there has to mm-hmm. be a code word that you can say to that person that, like, I've already given one away. Yes. What would that be? I've already given one away. No, no, they just need, you, you, <laughs> need, you need to simplify this vowel so that it's just one word that you say to that other person to let um, them know that you've already given one away. So it'd be I, like, I you know, know. Just, a, just a cool word that you say. And then that person goes, oh, got it. Okay. And then they'll have to go and find someone else who's got, you know, a packet of chips. Okay. Uh, uh, you, you I thought deep, long and deeply about this. Have a lot of time on your hands. It's not that I have a lot of ponder. time on my hands, but I always just and you know there are two kinds of people in the world. There there are people who like and you know very quickly when you either travel with them or have dinner with them that like they will order fries and they'll say to you, Are you gonna have fries? And I'll say, No, I'm not gonna have fries. And then they'll order your fries and you go, Can I just have one? <laughs> and there are people that get really annoyed that you just have that one. Are you Who one of those? Annoyed? Who would Some get annoyed if do, you just had one? Because there's people that just want the entire they, – they're like, if you want fries, you should order your own. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I can't stop at one. You can't just have one. No, I can't. Well, I mean, obviously I can if they're yuck. 
or if they're not tasty. It, it, the, if but, the oil's old or they're uh, the yeah. wrong kind of potatoes or they're overcooked, they're too crispy, they've got to be just yes. right. And, and you want to have them just as they come out, like when they're super hot, they've got the crunchy, not when they've been sitting in the, in the bain-marie for like, a, you know, a couple of hours, mm. they're no good. That's true. So I can't stop at one. I don't know how you can. You've obviously got incredible self-control if we're talking about really nice chips, that is. Yeah, with potatoes, yes, uh, not with Nutella. Like I couldn't just have one (laughs) spoonful. Like you sent me a photo of the baby Nutella and I looked at them and I went, waste of time. Why? Why would you bother with a little one like that? Because then it just means you have to open all these extra jars. It's not environmentally friendly because there's all that extra rubbish that goes into the environment. Like a big jar, the five kilo jar, perfect because you're you're being thoughtful when you buy one of those jars. Do you go into a sugar coma after you have the Nutella? Because I've seen you, I've actually seen Gina, everyone. Mm. I've seen her finish an entire big bottle of Nutella in mm. one day, not even just one day, in the course mm. of, I don't know, two and a half hours. It's mm. quite an amazing thing to watch. I honestly did not think, when, even though we all know that she raves about it, I honestly did not think she could eat the entire tub <laughs> in two and a half hours, but she managed. And but I've done it every is- day, Val. You can't do that every day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is actually not a podcast on Nutella or on chips or fries. It's actually about photography. And uh, this week, before we get into this week's topic, which is awesome, I think it's really good, it's how to style your portraits to create maximum impact. We want to give a shout-out to Duck Writer 74 I love that name, Duck mm. Writer 74 How cool is that? Now, mm. Duck Writer 74 has left us a review on iTunes calling it wonderfully informative. And they've said, Gina and Valerie share great information in a friendly and upbeat manner. As a budding photographer, I can't count how many great tips I've taken away from just the first 10 episodes. Wow. Well, welcome, Duck Writer 74 and I hope you get through the other 148 episodes that come after that. <laughs> We're really glad you've got some great tips out of it and I'm sure you'll pick up even more uh, as the episodes go on. So thank you very much for leaving us that review. On your and of duck, course, I feel like we yeah, know each other, so I'm going to shorten it to duck. Hey, go yeah, on, duck. Yeah, duck, duck. Okay. D-dub, so, D-dub 74. <laughs> And if if uh, you're listening and you're enjoying the podcast and you have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, uh, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. So, yeah, get on on there and leave us a review if you can. I'd also like to give a shout-out, big shout-out to all of the new members that have recently joined the gold community at um, ginamilitia.com. And for those of you who are new, the gold community is an awesome community. It's a membership at ginamilitia.com, and you can have a look at it. Um, It's M-I-L-I-C-I-A, so ginamilitia.com, and click on Join the Community, and you will find – oh. A whole, a wealth of resources, courses, um, the opportunity to get photo critiques from Gina on a regular basis, the opportunity to ask Gina questions in real time every month um, in in the group mentoring program, and that's all included in the gold membership. So make sure you check it out. There's been a whole huge um, new group of members, so welcome to all of you, and we look forward to interacting with you in in the Gold Community Facebook group. So if you haven't joined it yet, yet, make sure you do. I'm also in there just popping in and out and always marvelling at the quality of the photography that's in there. There are people from all walks of life, all different countries. It's so fantastic to have people from all over the world, but also from all different levels of photography. And you know what? I am I'm not a professional photographer. I'm definitely an amateur photographer. There are so many things that I um, you know need to learn and I learn from Gina all the time but this and it, this is your way of getting access to Gina's wisdom and so it's really really valuable I can tell you that from first-hand experience so get in there we'd love to see you in there as well right 
So, mm. let's move on to how to style your portraits to create maximum impact. Now, this is a good one, Gina, because mm. so many of us do take portraits, even if, like, I don't specialise in portrait photography, but I do yep. take portraits because, and I don't necessarily want to specialise in portrait photography myself, but I definitely want to take good portraits when I'm shooting, um, you know, certain people in different circumstances. So, where do we start on this one? I think we start with a quote, Val. Oh, of course, a quote. <laughs> I've got three I want to share because I just want to get us all in the right vibe. Sorry to overdo it. But yeah, three quotes. Gina's yeah, really right. into quotes. I love and quotes. Yeah, like maybe Hashtag a bit too much. Less. I need an Instagram account, just one she of those inspirational to- ones. <laughs> Yeah, but you're, yeah, no, you know what I'm going to say about that because Gina loves quotes and she does amazing photography and she loves putting her quotes on her photography and also just her quotes everywhere. But Gina and I have, it took me about two years before I finally pulled her aside to say, your quote's great, your photography's great, you know those fonts you choose, they're shit. And interestingly... Her son told her that at the same time. Oh, did he? Yes. Yes, he did. (laughs) I don't. At the same time. I have a blind spot to font. I don't see the subtle differences. It's just like not in my um, field of view. Just like I can point stuff out. like, Like, you know, everyone has a specialty. I can't, you know. The font, I don't get. I really don't. Yeah, just run them past me. I would use Comic Sans if I could. I know. (laughs) I believe you have. And I I probably have and not understand why everyone just goes, Mm -hmm. no. (laughs) That's right. Anyway. It was it was difficult to broach that subject with Gina, but you know. Uh, she was open to it. Yeah. <laughs> She's a good yes. friend. It's like, you know, this uh, something I need to tell you and, and telling you this as a friend. Um, <laughs> All right, go so, on. What are your quotes? What are your quotes? Okay. So fashions fade, style is eternal. It's from Yves Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. Another one, I don't do fashion. I am fashion from Coco Chanel. And right, she that she's she's that's yes. pretty up herself. Conf- isn't she's she, confident, eh? <laughs> confident, <laughs> backing herself there. I don't do yeah. fashion. I am. Fa- I think she could pretty much say that. And yeah. uh, finally, uh, fashion can be bought. Style one must possess. So Adina mm-hmm. Woman Chase. The reason I'm talking fashion quotes or fashion, darling. Yes, <laughs> fashion, darling. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I need to put that voice on. Is yes. The way we shoot and what we shoot um, and how we share and edit our work is all influenced by fashion in some way or another and it can be uh what's uh you know so hot right now at the moment might influence how you edit your photos the way we uh, photograph the style of lighting we might use the backgrounds we we put our you know models on all is influenced by fashion what's important is knowing uh it's just like uh, the fashion, the clothes that we wear, Val. So yeah. your wardrobe, What are you like jumping on the, the latest uh, fashion craze as it's coming out and then bringing it out into your wardrobe? Are you a fashion victim, Val? That would be a no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly the, a fashionista, no. Were you ever? But, um, when, like when you were working at uh, Clio, Val. So and yeah. I, like going so into those w- magazines uh, was pretty much you like they were all you know fashion, and you had the uh, opportunity to raid the the fashion cupboard if you wanted to. Were you dressing up for work in the latest and greatest? I would say no, uh, because. Even though there's a great fashion cupboard that you could 
that you could raid. It was always several sizes too small for me. <laughs> so, no, I did not raid the fashion cupboard. Um, and even though I did work in glamorous magazines and, and glossy women's magazines, it was interesting because certainly the fashion girls looked like that, but the rest of us were decidedly unfashionable. Um, and uh, I think I had a, a brief kind of two-year fashion moment a few years ago when I discovered um, this shop that – became my favorite shop still is my favorite shop I just don't get to it as often now and I was just going in there and it was my thing I would go in there with my it was my pastime with my little doggy Rambo and on a regular basis and he would get fawned over and and we would just sit there and buy lots and lots of clothes um but I've moved now so I'm not as I don't frequent that shop as much so I'm decidedly out of fashion again well, you just hang around and, like, eventually, if you just wear the same clothes every day, eventually you'll just come into fashion by accident. <laughs> yes, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, the reason I ask you that is, like, we are influenced or can be influenced somewhat, a little bit or a lot by the fashions that are, are around us in, in our photography. The problem with being a fashion victim uh, is that, all of that stuff dates very quickly and it actually dates uh, a lot faster these days than it did, you know, uh, maybe say 10 years ago. So um, the problem with being on trend is you're constantly kind of behind everybody. You're playing catch up. So if, you're, if your stuff is like you're looking at what's out there in photography and it's like, oh, well, now I have to use a ring light and uh, I've got to use this particular filter. It was already done, you know, two years, two years ago. You're just playing catch up and eventually all that work that you've done is going to look really dated uh, and you're going to have to either um, change your style and then there's this whole body of your folio that you can't actually use anymore. So what I'm saying is to maybe uh, look for certain trends uh, to, to pick that you might want to use and introduce into your photographies to, to photography to make it look a bit more current, but uh, sort of be a bit more discerning about like not jumping onto every single trend that's out there to make your photography look like a fashion victim. Uh, there's yeah. examples of this. So uh, you saw uh, uh, the last couple of years with weddings, all right? So mm, the look, yeah. the weddings that you saw everywhere was that every wedding was a jam jar. Like they served. Yes, they served. They were in the country, right. in in a in a like a rustic bush location, mm. and everyone drank wine out of recycled jam jars, and they used yeah. jam jars to have. Or, uh, for lamps. North Americans, it's jelly. You know, like peanut butter and jelly. So, yeah. or a mason jar. Mason jar. That's the other word for mm. it. So, and that mm. was that was the look. And often the groom had a beard. Sometimes the bride. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was kind of that country boho sort of look and that was all yes. the rage. And now, you know, you, it, it's completely dated and uh, that's, that's you know, not the thing. Like all those ads that uh, companies have done with the bearded model, no longer mm. in vogue. So those ads, uh, because it's such a trendy uh, thing that they did, that they're no longer in vogue either. So it's the same with the, the shot that someone did that was an original idea once of the couple uh, leading people through photos around the world. Remember that one? Let me show you. Yes. Let me, you know, now it's been done. The baby on the road at sunset. <laughs> Has you know on a on a country road, uh, over, like overly warm sunset in the background. It, you know the the first time it was done, interesting, but now it's done to death, and suddenly that's dated, and everyone's yeah. got that, and you know HDR. HDR when it was done the first time people went oh it's interesting because it's different but now when we look back at that old style of HDR where it was overdone it's just awful 
Yeah. It's awful. So, like, you know, these styles don't actually last and they, they come in and out of fashion very quickly like a lot of fashion trends, like some for some reason, uh, the, the styles are classic and they'll stay and they'll always keep coming back. But there is certain uh, fashion things that come in, like the shoulder pads, Val. Did you wear shoulder mm. pads in the 80s? I did, I have to I say. Did. I must admit. So shoulder pads, you don't see those around anymore. You don't see like you know, there's a, the, the the certain certain a lot of a lot of eighties fashion. I can't even look at like the hair and everything. So there's a lot of fashion trends that uh, that were in that were great. And the idea between behind the fashion companies constantly trying to generate new fashions to get everyone into is basically just another way to make cash. Companies yep. want you to read that. So now it's gone into the home market as well. They want you to change the color of your wall, the, the, the decor that you're using, even the plates, everything, and update it to, to, to fall within a certain palette because these are the colors that are in. Otherwise, you're out of fashion to make yep. money, right? And, and now the fashion Fashion companies, uh, there aren't there aren't four seasons anymore. There's like like it's weekly. This is now in vogue, That's so true. it's a yes. money making thing. But if you look back over the years, you can see that um, the stuff that lasts and the stuff that stands out and the stuff that never goes out of fashion is the classic stuff. So you can look at uh, certain styles of furniture that there is a there is a classic style of couch, like the club style couch. Classic classic lines uh, always in fashion. Blue jeans. Yeah. Right, your classic mm-hmm. Levi's, classic style will never go out of fashion, and and like you can, that will take you through. Like you could have the same pair of jeans for you know 20, 30 years, it'll never go out of fashion, it'll never stand out. So the same can be said for photography. So there's like classic, and there's so hot right now. And so what <laughs> I want everyone to do is have a look at your images, and will your images stand like the five years? year, three-year or 10-year test, you know, can you have an image in your folio that you shot uh, using a certain particular style that's, you know, so groovy and hot right now on Instagram, will it still be hot right now in three years' time or will it just look like a pair of shoulder pads? Yeah, right. Shoulder pads, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what I want everyone to have a think about and when they've got time and I've put some links in the show notes is have a look at like some of the classic photographers and I've listed uh, three that I love and uh, one is a current one. Um, so there's Richard Avedon who did a lot of uh, beautiful uh, portraits of people and like if you look at his work, it's just a very, very lovely classic style, okay? Very simple backgrounds, uh, not a lot to it, not a lot of fuss, not a lot, not, not, not a lot of, you know, uh, tricky techniques or lots of Instagram. He didn't use Instagram filters. (laughs) He didn't need to, you know, here's this great filter to make this image look good. He didn't need to. That that his style of portraiture is classic. And, um, you know, the street photos of Cartier-Bresson, again, also he captured what he saw. It's beautiful. It's black and white. It's timeless. It's classic, right? And then we've got... Uh, the work of uh, one of my favourites, Annie Leibovitz, who just Ooh. photographed uh, Oprah Winfrey or for the September issue of Vogue. And uh, if we have a look at that photo, and there's a link to the uh, the the blog post that Vogue wrote about this shoot, uh, the shot of Oprah classic it's like there's no bells and whistles it's a really really simple image but it's beautiful and it's powerful and it goes with the story you know oprah opens up oprah opens up val she talks about all her life and you know have you read it i haven't read it but like Mm -hmm. i just couldn't get past the image the image is beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's like this is um you know annie leibowitz has could have done something 
uh, out there and Hollywood and, you know, brought in 15 assistants and had like Mm. an amazing backdrop of like, where does she live? You know, Oprah's homestead in, where is she? Where does she live? Where's her house? Like I know that Harpo was in Chicago, but do you know where she lives? She's like in the country location. Uh, It's in California. Is it? Yes. But it could have been like, you know, the the country location, there could have been 15,000 horses running behind with, you know, billows of smoke and all these CGI and it could have been a really uh, complicated, specky Hollywood image. But instead what she's done is she's just come back and made it really simple, no, you know, fake backgrounds, no dropping anything in, very classic. Like I look at her hair and her makeup, it's very classic, simple earrings. They're probably worth a bazillion dollars. They're probably real diamonds in her ears. Simple yeah. rings, simple, simple, like she's not in a $50,000 um, gown. It's just a simple black. Mm-hmm. Everything about this image is simple and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a absolutely. classic. So we could look at this image in a hundred years' time, and it's not going to date unless I don't know. In a hundred years' time, photography doesn't exist, and we're just seeing um, what would it be holographs, holograms, where holograms, like just yeah. yeah. So Oprah's in the room with you, and uh, <laughs> so. That's the simplicity and, and, and that's like classic elements in a photo will never date. The other thing I want to point out is a lot of uh, photographers coming up are looking for inspiration when they're looking for what can I look at, what is, going, what is good photography and what is bad photography and it's just human nature to always veer towards what's very popular at the time. And I just want to point out that just because something's really popular, that doesn't mean it's really good. Yeah. And so I present you with the most popular Instagram photo of the year or ever, ever on Instagram with 11,151,136 likes. So yes. popular photo, you'd probably go, well, probably maybe an Avedon, one of Cartier-Bresson's, perhaps one of Annie Leibovitz's. <laughs> the photographer that I'm referring to is, uh, it's hard to pronounce her name. Uh, <laughs> let me just have a crack because I think it's a, an, a like a French name or something, Val. don't know if you've heard of this particular photographer. <laughs> be once, be once, <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> but she didn't take the photo, did she? It's just she, off I, her. She art directed it and like, okay, you know. so she art directed it. 11 yes. million, 151,136 <laughs> likes is the pregnancy photo that Beyonce posted when she was to show she was pregnant with twins, which is a, a plastic floral reef against a blue sky background. <laughs> And uh, she's got a veil over her head. Biggest load of caca I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the biggest load of caca. <laughs> biggest load of caca. And, and Beyonce is cool, beautiful woman. But, you know, so this is the most popular photo. However, <laughs> this is not good as a photo, okay. Okay. Right, as an Instagram post. But like, yes. so just, uh, you know, maybe be uh, be careful and a bit more discerning as to like, you know, what, what, what is good and uh, <laughs> stick to, stick to the classics uh, while you're finding your way. Um, mm. And Pinterest is uh, I think a good place and looking up uh, classic photographers. All right. So, few other things you want to do when uh, you – what do you think of that photo, Val? When well, you I just think it's a go- little bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> it, I didn't appeal to me, but I do like Beyonce, but the photo itself was – Unusual. <laughs> so this is a woman that has uh, at her beck and call probably she could pick up the phone and she could have Annie there at her house in like five minutes. She's probably got Annie on speed dial. Annie could be choppered in to do yeah. the shoot or any other photographer in the world, yet she's yeah. chosen and, and, a, and stylists as well, like, you know, the best stylist in the world, yet plastic flowers, that maybe they're not plastic. They could be real. 
maybe she did. This is the scary thing. Maybe she did um, use the best stylist in the world. Maybe she did use an amazing photographer. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is probably so I know what's happened here, Val. Beyonce is so far ahead of her time. It's like when, um, when the Impressionists started to paint, everybody laughed at them. They're like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. This style of art is ridiculous. That's not how you paint. That's not right. <laughs> and they were laughed at, you know. Uh, maybe it's this. Maybe. She's yes. just so far ahead of her time that we just like we who have no taste cannot recognise it. It, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> so... Find your own style and, um, you know, look, uh, but I I think it's a good idea to, if you want your uh, photography to last and maybe be like as a portrait photographer uh, supplying images that uh, people are always going to be proud of to have on their wall that will that will outlast all the fashion styles and it's not going to be, you know, um, the photo that uh, – that people have that you just look at it and everything in that image just dates it, you know, from the, like the, because of the way it's styled. So you can just stick to simplified. It was, it was created by Awol Eriksu, a 26 year old Ethiopian multimedia artist Mm -hmm. who has become the darling of New York's art scene after graduating from Cooper Union in 2010. He has an MA in Fine Art from Yale and is equally well-connected with the members of hip-hop collectives as he is art collectors. Mm. (laughs) There you go. So I've probably no idea. So, um, okay. So a couple of things to think about, uh, the, in terms of styling, uh, uh, looking at, um, uh, clothes, go for, uh, more classic cuts in suits, stick to jeans, uh, and, and, and classic tailoring is always going to give you more longevity in your images and like things and, and avoiding things that are kind of two of the moment is going to give you uh, a a better run with your images. They're just going to look better for longer. Uh, The other thing is to like other things that you can do to add style to your images is think about the colors that you use and how color can make a big impact on your image so much like the artist who did this beautiful Beyonce image who has really thought about um color basically uh the thinking behind that image is like it looks like if color threw up all over an image You know, that's how it would look, you know, and so this is a more of a random style of photography. Um, But there are uh, other ways that you can uh, make your images work with colour in your images. So um, thinking about the colours that you use for for your backgrounds that are going to have an impact on the person that you're photographing. So colour works with uh, different skin tones in certain ways. So if you've got um, someone that maybe has a – uh, blue eyes, bringing uh, a blue shirt, wearing a blue shirt is actually going to make their eyes really stand out. And then oh. be, if you have the wrong colour, it's going to bring out the wrong tone. So if you, so if you are photographing someone that has uh, more of a red tint to their skin and it's like, you know, skin tones can have yellow tint, more of a green tint, more of a red tint. It's really subtle, but the more you work with people, the more that you start to see it. Some skin tones some darker skin tones have a blue tint to the skin. So if, say, you had someone that has a really red uh, tint to their skin tone, putting them in a red shirt is just going to enhance that just by uh, the comparison. So you want to avoid those colours. So just even spending some time learning about how colours work together and what are the best colours to use to bring out the, uh, the good color of a skin tone and um, how to hide things. Like if someone is uh, looking uh, a little bit hungover 
uh, or pale, uh, having them in a white shirt can make them look a lot healthier. So it's a good idea to have white Ooh. around the skin tone. So, and some people look amazing against a white background. Some people that just completely washes them out. So it's it's worthwhile um, experimenting with different backgrounds. So you might go into a shoot thinking, oh, I'm always going to do this on a black background because I know it's going to, this is the idea in my head, but the skin tone of the person and their hair coloring and what they're wearing, it's just like, doesn't bring out the best in them. And they might've been better with a lighter color background or vice versa. So, so worth thinking about the, if you want to have a background that definitely will not date, it's stick to the classics. So, and just, if you, if you're not sure, look to, uh, the high end publications, like, uh, what you see maybe in Vogue or Vanity Fair or GQ, you have a look at the most common backgrounds that they do in, uh, their fashion shoots it's a it's a light gray background or a white or black it's very simple and if you look at um it, it it looks high end and if you look at a lot of high end advertising that's what they'll go for as well it's a very they keep it simple all the lines are simple there is not a lot going on and it comes back to that letting the product speak for itself which would be the person so keep the mm. backgrounds um, clean and easy and you'll see um, the opposite of that so high end fashion shoots high end advertising simple clean, elegant. Low end uh, would be a lot flashier and messier. So if you look at maybe say a Walmart or a Kmart or like a lower end sort of chain store, the back, the, it basically looks like that Beyonce shot, Val. I keep coming back to back in it. I'm sorry, I have nothing against But it's like that upsets me on so many levels because there's so much going on in that image. I don't know where to look. It's just so much going on. And that's what you'll see like in a um, – uh, when you go to the checkout of a supermarket and it's usually the, you know, the, 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 the cheaper sort of um, gossip magazines there, the covers, you look at the cover of a gossip magazine and it's 50 million things on the cover and it's just like cover lines and, and photos and dropping shots and it's just like a, a mess. It's not, you know, it, it just looks like an explosion of stuff. It's not very well organised. And then you look at something like, you know, the cover of Vogue or the cover of GQ and it's often just the model and the, and yes. the, the cover and that's it. And then maybe their name in the corner, very clean, very yeah. elegant. You'll notice the difference also when you walk into a high-end uh, fashion shop, Val, you walk mm. in and there might be the, the, the more expensive the clothes are, the fewer items are in the store. So if you go into a yes. store and there's three things in the store, you just turn around and, and just walk out again because you know <laughs> there's the, A, there's no price tags and there might be three pairs of shoes and then above them three pairs of pants in the entire <laughs> store, in the middle there, right? And it's this huge yeah. warehouse of just three items. Run. <laughs> You know, and, but then you'll go into the opposite of that, which is like a, a low-end chain store or like a bargain basement, and there'll be you can't move. At the the music's really loud. It's like the the high-end shop will have like you know bark. It's probably little Valerie Koo in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what you did when you were four. Houston would go down to the local high-end stores. Little, you could, and they'd like have a little step ladder to get you up on the little chair, and you'd be like playing for the for the customers that would come in. <laughs> and then you go. The opposite is the chain store bargain basement where they might have like you can't move. You can't like. There's so much stuff in that shop that yeah. like, you can barely get down there and then you got to rifle through the bargain bins, you know, to get the stuff. So, And it looks like Beyonce's pregnancy shot. <laughs> just looks like that, you know. It's the cover shot for the, you know, um, babies are us <laughs> or floral wreaths are us. But, like, the thing about the floral wreath, I just, I'm sorry, that just, like, 
<laughs> I ju- it just if I someone gave me that bunch of you know when you go you know when you have to go somewhere and you want to buy someone flowers and you've left it too yeah. late. Well, this is yeah. like I do this all the time and it's like oh my god where am I going to find flowers? You go your, your florist is closed and so you're driving yeah. around you go oh I'll, I'll, and then there's always that person that sells them on the side of the road. It's often a gas station, right? You go yeah. in and that's what the floral, floral wreaths. <laughs> bunches of flowers look like at a gas station you know with that that plastic uh yellow plastic uh that looks like a doily wrapped around them and uh those kinds of flowers there's carnations in there uh roses yeah so i digress fell i'm sorry you digress yes let's get back on track and not mention beyonce's pregnancy shoot again that's enough love beyonce she's amazing you know good on beyonce um, for taking photos fantastic for doing so much for the photography industry um so okay so we've talked about backgrounds um the types of props um, can make an image, uh, you can make it high end or low end just by the types yes. of props used. So uh, when you see um, some images uh, with high end uh, retro quality uh, props, they never date well. So you might have like the old vintage leather suitcase or like a vintage hat or something like that. It always, it's a classic. It will never date. And these will, you know, you could have done that shot 20 years ago. It's still going to hold up today, right? Yeah. The opposite of that is uh, I'm not going to name the magazine, but there's a magazine that I have shot for that just have a love for no matter what they're trying to promote, they love using cheap balloons, like bunches Uh. of cheap helium balloons it's a celebration let's bring lots of cheap balloons into the shot to show celebration it's like hey god stop with the cheap balloons and they've got like you know a-list people in the shot it's like no don't do it anymore so suddenly just using cheap balloons in the shot makes the shot look cheap so yeah um, you know, you just be careful, uh, have a think about the, the type of props that you use are going to make your image either look uh, low end and um, dated or high end and timeless. Um, all right, so so we've got high end, simple, clean, elegant, low end, flashy, messy. We've got, we've worked that out, all right? Uh, yes. When you're scouting locations, there are little things like really simple things that you can do to keep your uh, backgrounds looking timeless versus something that, that 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 may date the shot. So let's say you have a location and it could be that you want to shoot. Uh, the only area you have to shoot is around your local, uh, you know, Walmart or Kmart, right? <laughs> Because that's what the, that's all there is, or something similar, and that happens. Mm-hmm. So if you have the front of the Walmart, it can look a bit tacky because there's just too much going on. You've got like yeah. you know, uh, shopping trolleys and lights and all Signs. the posts, and it's just really busy. And uh, you know that that can can be too overwhelming, and it can look a bit Beyonce. The yeah. the 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 local the the. the the way around that is to, um, if you go around the corner, there might be just the side of the building that is just one plain wall and yeah. it might be just uh, like a dark grey that you could use and then suddenly simple, classic, clean. And if you're yes, shooting it- with a- No, go on. No, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that it may even, if you're looking at it from a distance, you may think, oh, that's like the service entrance or you might think, gee, that's the, you know, the arse end of the building kind of thing because it doesn't have the pretty signs out the front. But you're not going to shoot a portrait from the distance. You're going to shoot it from much closer up. So you can probably find a section of wall, even if it's concrete, it could be textured in an interesting way or even if it's, you know, um, graffitied on one side. I mean, maybe the graffiti might work, but um, it, on the other side, it might be you know just a painted wall, and that could work if it's plain. So yeah, exactly. I see where you're going there. 
Exactly. So all you need, and so often um, the the mistake that a lot of uh, beginner photographers might make is they're overwhelmed when they scout the location and they'll only see the front of the store and they're not going to think to go around to the side. And particularly if you're uh, shooting with a longer lens, you only have a, a really narrow field of view that you need. So you only really need a small slither of wall that you can use. So I've often had clients where I've gone, okay, we're going to shoot here. And they'll look at me like I've gone, I've lost it. <laughs> I've gone mm-hmm. insane. This is, you know, we're outside a Kmart. I'm like, I know, but come around here. Look at this wall. Look how beautiful it is. Ah, I get it. And then they're looking at the wall, but they're also seeing the dumpsters either side, the advertising, there's a bit of graffiti, mm. but they're not. And I'm like, no. I'm just going to shoot in this tiny little slither in between the dumpster and the graffiti here, that little section, and that's all you need. So kind of narrow your field of view but look for ways that you can simplify your background and keep it uh, within that sort of classic look. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. All right. So um, finally, uh, there's the uh, sexy versus tacky sort of uh, look to to. – so just the way that you choose your photography and the way that you style it can make it look either really high end or quite um, a bit bit tacky. So if you – Look at uh, a couple of campaigns that I believe are very sexy and also very timeless and also make the stuff look expensive. I think uh, the way that Guess and the way that Kelvin Klein do their advertising is uh, always uh, very timeless and just classic. So you could look at a, uh, a Kelvin Klein ad from 20 years ago. I think it still stands up today, like, you know, mm. um, uh that they're still good and the some of the guest campaigns have been like incredible where they'll you know use sort of Bridget Bardo lookalikes and uh, yeah. they're always on point I think their their stuff is amazing and again you look at most of the stuff background simple gray background mm. simple lighting simple like often it's black and white and it's really simple styling not a lot going on timeless beautiful elegant amazing photography the opposite Mm. of that Mel (laughs) is uh, then there's uh, probably if you were to google uh, worst photography in the world (laughs) Uh I reckon you'd come uh, come up with a magazine called Zoo Zoo (laughs) magazine Zoo Magazine was a – and there's two Zoo Magazines. There's actually a Zoo Magazine which is uh, high-end photography, not talking about that zoo. I'm talking about a particular zoo which was uh, shot out uh, – like created out of Australia and uh, and no longer exists, thank God. Uh, but basically it's just babes in bikinis on the cover uh, – be, being splashed with water, a colourful background, <laughs> t- terrible, revolting stuff. So uh-huh. low end, dated, yep. awful photography, and that's the difference. So there's, there's, you can have a shoot that is, um, that's still really sexy, but it's also uh, timeless and and high end and and classy. And then the opposite of that is, if you want to have a shoot that that is kind of tasteless, uh, just stick to the zoo style. The zoo, the which is basically, the, I put a link to a blog post about Zoo Magazine if you want to have a look. But yeah, that's um. Okay, (laughs) sure. All right, so we don't want tacky. We want classy, elegant, and timeless. Like, there's nothing wrong with a a sexy photo shoot, of course, fantastic. But there are ways you can do it, and ways that you can shoot it that that you know look amazing and make uh, the like. You should be able to make if you're selling bikinis or lingerie or anything like that. You should be able to make it look expensive, and that is in the way that um, a you pose the girls, and uh, b that it's lit and that it's shot, and so like bright 
bright, colourful backgrounds, oversaturated, is going to tend to look like that that zoo model where it's um, it just looks like it's a men's magazine. But if you take it down the um, you know, you want it to look more expensive and classy, then, you know, try a black and white, simple backgrounds, you know, uh, a cooler style of posing and you'll get a much better shot. So one of the things I'm noticing, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and I hope I don't offend anybody, but obviously on Instagram and, and other places on social media, I do follow a lot of people, men and women, who are into photography because it's obviously an area of interest for me and I connect with people who are interested in photography. And a lot of them are just great photographers. You know, they've got great subject matter. They're great technically, better technically than I am. Uh, And what I find sometimes, or not actually sometimes, but a bit more often than I I would like to, is that sometimes when people are shooting women, especially, say, women in their 20s, um, you've, you can find a whole heap of really technically great shots, well-lit, um, good locations, all that kind of stuff. And then but there's sometimes that, that kind of like, oh, just that bordering on tacky. It's not mm. overtly sexy like their boobs aren't hanging out or whatever, but something about the pose mm. is just bordering on tacky. And I, and I know this is a big generalisation, but this is actually true. It's never from <laughs> a female. A <laughs> <laughs> it's never from a female photographer in yeah. in my social media feed anyway. Yep. And it is by male photographer. So if you're a male photographer and, you know, you've got the, uh, the opportunity to shoot a fantastic model and you are great technically and all those, all those sorts of things, just stick with that. You don't necessarily need them to do a particular pose or a contrived pose. If anything, go to do Gina's course in posing, um, you know, posing and uh, posing and directing models because it will show you the poses that you are still directing them, but you never border on tacky. And I actually encourage a lot of the male photographers out there who might be thinking that a certain pose or, or it, you know, looks good um, and and might be explaining that pose to the model and they might be perfectly happy to do it because, of course, they want to get a good shot and they're trusting you as the photographer. It's almost like pulling it that one step back because mm. if you can take the tacky out of it, you've got an amazing shot Yes, because there are so many that are in my social media feed that I go – that I can recognize great styling, great clothes, you know, all those sorts of things. Yeah. It ticks every single box. But because of the extra addition of that slight, um, you know, slightly tacky pose, it just sort of takes it that one step too far. And if you can pull it just that one step back, I encourage you to do that um, because then you'll end up with something pretty magical. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Well said, Val. Okay. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> and also remember that uh, a lot. I see it a lot in um, fashion photographers that are coming up, and you know that, that are doing bikini models or fashion models. Remember that uh, a good vast majority of your audience or the the clients that are going to be hiring you are also going to be women as well. So you 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 want to be targeting uh, women in your photos. So uh, shooting women in a way that is uh, a little more empowering to them, I think is is a better way to go. And it is, as Valerie said, it's as subtle as the tilt of a he- the head or the arch of a, an eyebrow or the pout on the lips. And it's just it's bringing it back. It's twenty percent. Would you say, Val? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a subtle. It's a subtle. When instead of pulling your hair back with running your fingers through it, just use one finger to put your hair behind your ear. It's as subtle as that. Mm. It's it's a tiny tiny thing. And, but it makes the world of, of difference. It's that one centimetre of, of, of arching your back or not that, yes. that can make the world of difference. It's one centimetre and you can st- stop bordering on tacky. Mm. All right. Uh, All right fin- fi- finally, Val, uh, retouching style. So um, when I used to work in restaurants, 
mm-hmm. what we would do, one of the one of the things that we would need to do, there would be a point where the either the chicken or the fish was <laughs> it wasn't off, but it was like a day away <laughs> from being off. Okay. And yeah. so and and it you couldn't serve it like you couldn't just grill it and then serve it up because it just had that fishy smell or the chicken kind of had that like it was just about to go but it wasn't there yet so what we would do with that fish or that chicken is we would make a stew or a curry with it oh my god (laughs) basically it was a way to mask the rank smell and make it into something else so what i want to ask is if your photography needs 15 filters on it, uh, <laughs> are you are you just masking poor photography? Uh, or have you got a fresh photo that stands on its own and would look great straight out of camera? Is the content good enough to stand alone and all it needs is a little tweak? And are those extra filters uh, just a, a, like a – a device to actually, you know, like, uh, hey, it's yeah. actually, you know, it's this curry is really good. We've just smeared it in. So um, I often see that, that done a lot, that the photo probably when you took away five of the filters, the photo underneath is actually really good and it just needed a basic tweak and these things are all going to date an image really quickly as well. The style of, um, you know, the number of filters that have gone on, uh, you know, versus – just learning uh, classic retouching styles, and again, like you said, with the um, the, the portraits of, of women going that bordering on tacky, um, it's it's a you know just pulling back twenty percent can be mm. a difference between something that is stylish and um, you know lasts a long time to something that just looks of the moment, over trendy and overdone. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. So (laughs) make sure you don't use too many filters or after effects or don't need too many filters or after effects or or retouching your photography. Listen to our episode, our Suki Lala episode for that. Straight out of camera. Yes. Straight out of camera. Yes. So um, that is uh, just a couple of episodes ago. So check that out. All right. Well, that's, that's a great roundup. Gina, thank that's you, Belle. Yeah. That's 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 excellent. Um, and uh, make sure that when you're doing your portraits, hopefully that you can apply some of these things too. I do think definitely the elements of classic styling and clothes is very important because then they will look at that photo, you know, ten years from now, and it'll still be. They won't think, "Oh my god, I look so outdated." It looks so dated, or you know, anything like that. And also the um, the the back. Backgrounds and location. It's 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 not that hard. I was looking at this photo the other day, and I just thought, who in their right mind decided to take that shot there? Because they took the the portrait shot of a woman in this um, armchair, and the armchair had a brown and yellow print on it nice. and she the top she was wearing and she's a professional woman who I know and you've probably heard of as well um it, her, the 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 top that she was wearing was also had a print on it and it was pink purple and black well was oh, styled by God. Beyonce stylist <laughs> Okay, I think we'll just leave it there. <laughs> so what is hashtag Gina challenge this week? So if you're new to us, every week we have a different challenge where we pick a topic or theme and then we upload it into the Facebook group. Come and join us in the Facebook group. It's free to join. Uh, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and um Join into the the challenges. It does. You can interpret the topic however you like. We'd love to see your shots. Don't worry. If you, don't be scared to to upload it. There's people of all different levels, and it's just a fun thing to do. So that we can have. Then it's not there to critique. It's just for us to share what's going on in our lives and how we interpret 
a particular um, topic or theme. So what is this week's uh, theme for hashtag Gina Challenge, Gina? Oh, all right, I've gone right out there with this one, Val, style. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, put your uh, photo in the Facebook group and tag it with hashtag Gina Challenge and hashtag style. This brings us to the end of this week's episode. Where do we find you online, Gina? I'm at GinaMilitia.com and you can also find me on Instagram at GinaMilitia, at GinaMilitia on Twitter and I'm on Pinterest and also you can find my uh, Lightroom and Photoshop videos. That's GinaMilitia on YouTube. And what about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, you'll find me in the Facebook group as well. And feel free to connect with me on Facebook. It would be great to, um, to, to connect with you. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I must admit we do need to finish the episode now because my dog Groucho just farted and it's lethal, <laughs> oh lethal. God. So I've got to go. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.